and do not necessarily reflect those of station staff, management, and advertisers. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Seven oh two. with Vegas Ringers Sports Insider Radio, and we are ready to roll with another Wednesday. How about that Bills game, Mike? Man, it's probably the best game I have seen, I have to say, ever. Um, You know, the way that the game started, where it was back and forth, but obviously there was punts, there was a little bit of a slow play, and then literally the final two, three minutes of the game, you would think if you were on each side of that scenario that you would call it a lock. That's why we don't call anything in sports bidding a lock. It doesn't exist. Anything can happen even if you have a minuscule 13 seconds. But just to see Josh Allen drive the ball down and get that touchdown on fourth down, you would think, all right, well, Mahomes, he, can, he has time to do it. But maybe the deals, Bills have some defense. Well, Mahomes comes right down the field. Tyreek Hill gets a long touchdown. You think at that point, you know, the Bills are at a very low percentage to win the game. Then the Bills come all the way down, making incredible plays one after the next. And, Mah- and Josh Allen gets a touchdown for the fourth time to a guy named Gabriel Davis, who I had in DFS, which won me some money last weekend. And you would think at that point in the game, I think I was talking to a buddy of mine who, who does analytics, and he said there was a 99.7 chance that the Bills would win the game with 13 seconds left and Kansas City needing a field goal. And then the, obviously we know, the, we know the story and how it ended. Two plays, 45 yards. Mahomes does it perfectly with two timeouts. 
They get the field goal that just sneaks right inside the upright. They get the coin toss. They come down. They get the touchdown and win the game. I mean, what what an amazing but what an amazing weekend overall with all the games. The first three games were walk off field goals, and the last game goes to overtime, and they basically get a walk off touchdown. So it, the parity in the league is we've been saying this all year. Um, to the late Brian Blessing, he, you know, he praised it how this year in the NFL, it's just there wasn't a particular team that you would look at and say, look, this is the team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl, and it's this team versus everybody else. It was never like that at any point this year. And, you know, just seeing both the number one seeds get outed in the first, you know, in the divisional round, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, there's another stat out there that this is the first time in 13 years where there's not a, a Rodgers or a Brady in the championship round, which is crazy to think that either of those two guys have been in the championship round for 13 straight years. And, and just to see that the parody of three out of the four road teams, and it could have easily been if the Bills would have held on with 13 seconds, four out of four road teams that would have actually won. So as much as we say home field matters and how much it matters in the playoffs, what a weekend where every team came to play. And now I think this is the first time in history because they changed the playoff format where the teams playing in the Super Bowl are guaranteed to have played at least three games each prior, meaning in the past it would have to be a wild-card team that had to win the wild card round, the division round, the championship round, and get to the Super Bowl. And that would mean that that would have to be a five and six seed on both sides of the NFC and the AFC to make it to the Super Bowl simultaneously, which has never happened. So this is a potential. Every team so far, this is their third game on both sides, on the NFC and the AFC. So it's just incredible to see that we always knew this, John. Um, we always knew NFL is king, but, and I'm going to, you know, this is my last little statement about last weekend and we can move forward to this weekend. We can discuss the two games, but there was a 90% market share of the TVs in Kansas city during the height of the Kansas city bills game to 90% of every single television in the Kansas city area was tuned into the game. Imagine that the entire area that's you have to think more than 10% of Kansas City is not fan base. I mean, it's not football based. 90% of the TVs were tuned into that amazing instant classic, the fourth quarter of that band of the Bills Kansas City game. Now, Dave, let me ask you, big boss. Let me ask you, since you don't watch games, it's a sign of weakness. Please tell us you watched that game for Brian. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before, before he answers that, he, he, was on, uh, he was on the live channel on Instagram showing that uh, he had a bet with his buddy with punts in the Bills-Kansas <laughs> yeah. City game. And he kept telling his buddy, there, the buddy goes, ah, there's only going to be like three or four more punts. He goes, all right, I'll bet against. Then they hit the number. And he goes, I'll give you double or nothing. He goes, all right, six total punts. And, he, and they ended up pushing on the double or nothing. So Dave was pretty tuned in to that one. 
When it went to overtime, I said, uh-oh, <laughs> there's a chance I beat you, you know, because we just called it a push. And I said, well, wait a minute, we're going to overtime. And then, of course, oh, no, the first team, the team that gets the ball is going to win. I'm like, okay. But, yeah, I had him. We, we made so, it so let's, let's talk, let's talk about that for a second. So let me ask you, Dave, what do you think of that? A lot of talk on the Internet. The uh, the team that gets the ball in playoff games is now ten and one, and they, it's like such a bad rule that whoever gets the ball basically wins the game in the playoffs. Can you imagine that the team you're basically deciding the winner on a coin toss. You're yeah, ten and one, and I know you're going to do a video on on large sample size, but we got to use the playoffs as its own little size. It has nothing to do with the regular sample size, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe you should look into changing the rule. Whenever something extreme happens, that's when rules get changed. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think whoever has the ball with, let's say the clock's going to expire in the fourth quarter, whoever has the ball right there gets a new set of downs. That's how they should do it. And then there'd be a lot of strategy in the fourth quarter, and it would it would it would eliminate that. That's that's my rule change. Forget this coin flip stuff. But I don't know what no, do you guys. What think? about what about what about the college rules? Do you think uh, the old college well, rules? Those, I don't think the new college. Well, both teams have a chance at least there. I don't know. I, I'm okay with with that with the college rules. But it, it's just that well, when a coin flip determines it. Are you saying the old college rules or the new ones? Either one. Either one. But I just what do you don't think like about the NFL the rules? It's, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. There's not much to say about it. It's, it's more skill. There's more skill in the college rules than the pro rules. Because it's sad when we're all watching it going, oh, wait, it's, it's a coin flip. And, and both teams are moving the ball well. And so, yeah, you, know, you get kind of sense. All right. You're fading over. out, Dave. Whatever you just did, you're fading out. I'm fading out. No, he sounds good on my end. Now you sound good. Whatever you were doing before. Okay. No, but yeah, I, I just I just wish it was more. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's they, they put so much into the season and it comes down to the coin flip. But I don't like it. I'm not one to complain about rules. I just don't like that one. Yeah, I mean, I I could agree. Um, I think the college rule is gives both teams the same opportunity the the original college rule i don't know how i feel about the new one where they after the first two overtimes i think maybe in the regular season um they should have that rule where if they do college overtime in the nfl it's the first two overtimes is from the 25 and then if they don't if there's no winner then they just go to a two-point conversion back and forth which again they're they're trying to protect each team's um you know, injury from happening. Yeah. Because if you have guys out there, it's obviously down in the end zone. You're going to have a lot of collisions. It's a lot of a risk for injury, so they don't want to extend it too much longer. But um, And I understand that during the regular. But in the playoffs, just play it back and forth from the 25. Because, again, from the 25, it's tough to score. And you still have the ability for a field goal. But the other team, no matter what, still has a shot to tie you or go up. So, I mean, I hope – like you said, the NFL seems to make the rule changes once there's been something uh, dramatic happens, like 
the same situation with that with the pass interference back a few years ago. Not really sure what they did with challenging the the defensive pass interference because since I remember it's just I don't know why it just came up. They well, so the Saints game had happened. The following year they changed the rule. I remember coaches try to challenge pass interference like the first two weeks, and none of them were overturned. And I don't think a coach has challenged it again. <laughs> they just don't. So I don't really know exactly what that did. I mean, you know, but they do have replay to keep the flow of the game going, which I, I think has definitely improved the flow and the rhythm. They're not taking 20 minutes each time to overlook these plays when they're being challenged. They have a guy upstairs that instantly um, – looks at it, and they make the rule on the field fairly quickly. And it seems like they're getting it right most of the time. So, um, you know, in that sense, it's definitely improving. But I do hope they change it because it just – and it's funny because Mahomes, it was the reverse. A couple years ago, it was the opposite where Brady got the ball first and they scored and they went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see, uh, um, you know, for Brian – um, obviously, being a huge Buffalo nut, um, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine him watching the game and being on the show today talking about that. He might not have answered today. He might have not done the radio today after seeing that type of I don't close know. bout. He might have just, he might have he just not talked much. No, I know. I know he would have. But Yeah, he might um, not have talked much, yeah. He might not have talked much, but... Overall, I mean, the product is fantastic. I feel like we scampered through the COVID year and not having fans in the stands, which didn't give that added edge of home field advantage. And and I feel like now with the games itself, they got the season done and they didn't cancel any games. So unlike these other you know sports where there's a lot more games in a season, NFL has done the perfect alignment. And ever since they changed the, the COVID rules, you know, you don't really see too many players being on the COVID list anymore because they're getting out of protocol much quicker. So um, I just feel like uh, with two games left, um, it's been a hell of a season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for March Madness that's coming up. I know you do a lot of college basketball, Dave. I know you do a lot of NBA, which has been doing well as overall. So it's just, you know, a lot of the clients to listen to the show and, and you know, what, what we do now, Dave, is a lot of the clients that have watched your Spencer video are very intrigued of how to do this successfully. And a lot of times we want them to listen to this radio show and understand how much work goes into this. It's not a, you know, a selection where you have to be able to win every day to be successful. You have to be able to manage risk, and at the end of the day, that's all this is about. If you know how to manage risk correctly and you're able to withstand the bad beats, it's like some clients, David, it's funny because you you're not on the front lines as much. You don't hear it from them every day. They, they're incapable of understanding what a bad beat is, and it just, it just will eternally happen just simply because we're, we're dealing with humans and When there's human factors that we can't control, we're going to have, even though if the numbers make sense systematically, um, at the end of the day, you don't bet on teams and emotional with players. You're just betting numbers. I mean, like I tell clients every day, Dave uses computers to beat computers. (laughs) It's that simple. And 
Uh, I'm just glad that the new clientele that is potentially interested in joining our consulting for you understands how hard it is and how much work you put into this day to day to make sure that year round you're profiting the numbers that you are. So, you know, is there anything like from a learning standpoint, I know you don't want to give away too many tips and tricks, but like from a learning standpoint, if somebody is brand new to following you, what is like the one thing that you want him to have start doing perfectly from the beginning? Is there anything that you like, if you were to consult somebody, what do you say? Yeah, key the sharper spots for every bet you make and have a better price than what they offer. And then bankroll management, uh, break down the per- a percentage of your bankroll per play, so 1%, 2%. I think those are two two of the basics. Two of the, two of the most important things to make it. Just start that from day one and you're well on your way. And a couple of people look like they're doing well. I've had a lot of messages the last since that Spencer video. A couple of people are finding ways here and there to make money. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, like three or four guys got good, good value. What they're saying makes sense. They seem like they're doing it right, and yeah, I'm pulling for them. And they're well, and that's constant theme. They're always really young, out of school. Or in school still, <laughs> but, they, but yeah, they're on so they, they got good things going. We are getting a much lower age demographic than we're used to in this business from that video. Uh-huh. Um, just because the YouTube, usually people that are in their 20s and their 30s that actually subscribe to YouTube channels. Um, so you're starting seeing that new, that new wave the guys that are already hip to trading other things like maybe crypto or maybe day trading a little bit with stocks. Now they're just trying to filter that into sports and, and they're not, they don't have the bad habits like the guys we've been consulting for many years in the past that have been doing this for 20 years and simply won't, can't get out of their own way. Right, Dave? Yeah. You summed um, it all up perfectly. Yeah. And then the new wave. That's good. It's they're they're open to being teachable, which is half the battle. And the way that we deliver the selections, where we tell them, look, you're going to get the games at the exact the correct number we want you to play it at. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the number. It's not about just betting the game for an opinion. And you know, it's 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 going really well. And again, it's only been a, a week since the Spencer video dropped. Um, obviously a fantastic output of how many people actually viewed it and the response and the comments that I've read a lot of them, I'm sure you do as well. Um, and just overwhelmingly gives you that, that, um, legitimacy of man, not only are you good at what you do, but it's hard work. I feel like people in the past really thought it was easy what we do and I would get to, well, man, I could do the same. Okay. And it's, it's, it couldn't be far from the truth. And so, you know, it's I'm excited for March Madness, which there's just a, a, a multitude of two-in-one days. I call them two-a-days, where we're able to get that morning and night. It's like two days in one with with opportunities and, and on the board. Now, do you personally, are you a big halftime trader or more just an in-game trader? Me? Yeah. All, everything. Everything you can name. Although I'm not very into props. I need to get more into that, especially with 
what a couple of these younger guys were saying that really bet those. I need to get more into props. That's my new goal, guys. Um, but yeah, I know everything. I've been I've been doing pregame, halftime, in play. I've been doing all of this since day one, if it was available. Right. So, and and I'm doing less of the arbitrages, you know, middles and stuff like that. Doing less of that the last year. Um, <clears throat> but there is some good spots, good spots everywhere. And I like to hear other people's ideas because, or I like to hear other people's ideas and what's being offered in the other states. And it, it's pretty exciting because as I hear all of this, I just realize this is not even close to slowing down all this value. Some of it's shocking what's being offered around the country and here, here as well. But even in the other states, there's good value. Now, would you so. say, and so let's say we have a client that's in New Jersey or New York now that it's they have apps now. Do you think your movement in Colorado um, affects his line instantly in New York, or they're not fully connected and integrated that it's like the stock market where it moves simultaneously across every platform? Well, well, all these apps, the good thing about these apps is they take, they have a number and it's like, it seems like it's computerized and it's a lot of them are ran out of Europe and they don't really, like, they don't really move the price. Right. They just kind of take a stand on every game. It's really weird. You know how if you go make a bet at Circa, they'll analyze, okay, who bet, what they bet, what's the rest of the market, et cetera. These companies are just randomly doing things. And they'll even go against, there was a game last week. I was think I was trying to lay three and a half because everyone had a four at a, at a company, and I was and it said line moved, and I, and I thought, dang, that sucks. Then it moved down to three. I was like, what? So now I went even more on my. They're just randomly doing things. I don't know. I think they're less concerned what the rest of the market is. This is the key. So, but yeah, it's great value. And, you know, I'm finding a lot of stuff. And yeah, I won't move. I think it's just computerized. I don't think, I don't think they're really moving it as each bet's coming in, which that's weird too. Well, no. But that's just the way they're doing it. I think a lot of it, if just from my perception, is I'd say less than two percent of those wagers coming in are sharp money, and then the other ninety-eight percent is public money. So they're not too worried about getting hit over the head, especially when yeah, you know, you're exactly. talking about DraftKings or FanDuel, it doesn't really matter because it's liquid, not a match. Yeah, they have a lot more. Yeah. They have their volumes to the roof, so this is this is the key. Yeah, that's right. If you're, walking into, if you're walking into a casino in Las Vegas, their volume is fairly limited to who's walking in. And, you know, now you're talking about you know, DraftKings as a total. I don't think they're monetizing New York to be an independent market for that actual Sportsbook, it's DraftKings nationally is how they're looking at it. So their volume has to be, you know, 100x than a standalone casino in Las Vegas that's getting volume yeah. in the game. So they're just not nearly as sharp at moving the line because it really doesn't matter to them that much. This is the key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but let, Dave, let me, let me ask you, for a guy, I just uh, was on the phone with a client. He drives to a sportsbook in a state where it's legal. 
He doesn't, his state, kind of like the state we're in, Maryland, does not have apps yet. There's no apps available. So it doesn't matter that I have a Caesars Sportsbook and a FanDuel Sportsbook. I have to drive to both sportsbooks, which are 45 minutes away from each other. So what do you say to the guy that only has, by function of geography, he's not going to just, we know what you do, but we know that regular person on the ground, he's only going to bet at that book. He's not going to go offshore. He's not going to have a paper head. He's just stuck with that one book. Is it much harder for him to make money, or is there a way around it till more opportunities open up? I mean, you have a lot less plays. You you can't just go, well, I'll take this number. This is all I have. You can only take the opportunities that are there at that time. And then then part of this, part of the battle there, you can't. Part of the battle there, I feel your average person would force more bets. See what I mean? So having the discipline not to do that is key. And so if there's like 20 opportunities and your place only has two of them, just, that's it, two bets. So, you know, you got to stay disciplined, definitely disciplined. It's just such a hard – I'm telling you, out of everybody that I've been talking to lately, because I, I can kind of sense who will win and who won't. There's probably like three people that I would, if I could, there's probably three people I've talked to in the last couple of weeks that I would bankroll what they're saying and they definitely get it, you know, and then everyone else I kind of feel is just missing, and no offense to anybody, everybody else is kind of just missing things here and there. There's just some some leak in there in what they're saying. So it's just hard. I mean, you have to. Well, no, they don't want to do the, it's not about no offense, it's that. It's not about no offense. It's that the original attraction to sports betting for 99% of these people is get rich quick, easy money, not work, versus it's just like the financial markets. It's just like the crypto markets. It's work. That's why why from the Spencer video, I I know I keep talking about this. There's three people that really get what's going on. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's like I've never seen anyone go, hey, can you – because a lot of people have said, there's probably like 20 people, hey, can you look at, what do you think of this and that? And what they're saying is like, uh, through the years, you know, you hear it all, eh, it's not going to work. Or, uh, but to have three people within two weeks have a real solid strategy, have their bankroll down, their timing of the bets are down. It's pretty, it was pretty shocking to see that. And so I, on those three, well, I, yeah, think I about, think it. about the, yeah, but think about the numbers. You're talking about 130,000 plus views, and three people got it. <laughs> that that doesn't bear well, well for the other no, no, 130,997 guys. No, no, there could be way more that get it or have some type of plus EV strategy. But I'm saying only three of them that came to me with whatever they were saying and whatever the logic was. It was solid. It was like wow. And then one of them, I was even right. telling my friend, hey, we should, we should, like, take a look at this. And he's like, Hell, heck yeah. And so we, you know, might even do business with the guy. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. And then it's great because each person is telling you the thing, oh, wow, I can do that too. And I, wouldn't, I would never cut somebody out of, you know, I would always remember, oh, this person gave me a good idea and either put them in on it or, Flip them a good idea or, or whatever, you know. 
pretty I'm a pretty fair pretty fair guy in this business. But yeah, no. Let me I'll, ask I'll, you I'll, um just to let, let me ask you just to flip over to to stats, trends, and different sports for a second. In a normal in a normal world of basketball and football, it would be highly improbable that favorites would be clicking at seventy percent, correct? Like against the spread or even winning outright, right? I mean, you don't see a lot of that favorites just winning. And the reason why I'm asking is, you know, have it's amazing as now since Brian passed, I've just been following hockey, looking at it almost like a memoriam. It is amazing, David, how if you're a square public better, there were 10 hockey games last night, 10 and 0 if you bet all the favorites. I just don't see that happen in other sports. I went and checked the numbers out. 425 to 159, 67% basically dogs never win in hockey. It is, I, I just, it's a complete opposite of baseball. And I'm wondering, I haven't looked back years over years, but. I just can't think that's a positive EV strategy, laying that kind of juice, even if they're winning. What I think a lot of these guys are doing is these money line parlays where they're tying these teams together. You're getting $600 favorites. I'm sorry? Efficient market, and it's a small sample size, and it's just a one-day anomaly. That's the answer. There's nothing that's going to happen different today. There's there's nothing to really get out of that. Small sample size, however, sounds like a slight anomaly, and we'll see somebody had all of that parlayed online somewhere, I guess. And, yeah. Right. There's no edge to doing betting all favorites today, and probably wasn't yesterday, but it, your lottery numbers come up sometimes, too, you know, four out of five or whatever it is. Yeah. Nothing, so so, so before we get into the breaking down these NFL games, let me ask you, since you mentioned on your Instagram story, and for all the listeners, you can always follow Dave on his daily exploits in life at Vegas Ringers. That's at V-E-G-A-S-R-I-N-G-E-R-S. If you haven't already on Instagram where he updates his stories, not only of what he's betting, but how long he's on the treadmill or the Stairmaster or whatever machine that is. What is that machine, Dave? Stairmaster. Love that. But you're huffing and puffing on every night. Yeah, I love the Stairmaster. Okay, gotcha. go to. So for all you guys that want to watch Dave on the Stairmaster, follow him on the Instagram stories. But you said you were going to drop a video soon. Let's just give the listeners a little intro to that. People have been asking about sample size. So for the last seven years, eight years, we do this radio show every week here in Las Vegas, even though we're in remote locations. People are listening live in their car in Las Vegas or on the radio. People are listening tuned in from all around the world. Then we'll be on Spotify later. Um, the question that I have for you is give it, give them a little bit, give, give a little explanation in the video later of what is not a small sample size numerically, because every time I bring stats and trends to you for the last, you know, 10 years, basically, you always say small sample size. So I'm going to let you run with that for a minute. Well, one thing I was thinking about today when I was preparing to make this video, let's say the world's best against the number uh, against the coin flip can go 53 to 55%, depending on what's going on, what sport it is and how big the market is and when they bet, et cetera. But let's say, let's say that's the case. Even over a thousand games, somebody can go 530 and 470 or 
were even 550 and 450, 550 and 450, maybe you can credit the person with there's something there to their picks. But someone could go 530 and 470, and it's just, it still was by luck, if that makes sense. I don't know the exact numbers, but there's, there's one guy could bet 100,000 games and he has zero edge, and he's going to, X percentage of the time, hit that 530 and wins, if that makes sense. So it depends on, it, it just depends. So I would say, like, 1,500 games would really play. Like, 1,500 games, if you're, if you're over, so what would that be, 530? Uh, whatever, whatever that comes out to, I'm, I'm kind of slow right now. Um, I know it's about seven. I don't know, but if you're hitting 53% over 1,500 games, I think there's you have an edge. And I'd be curious the exact numbers from the number, or the exact, if, the, if a numbers guy could tell me how many times, uh, if you flipped a coin 100,000 times, how many times, over a thousand picks, you'd be five thirty one way or the other. I'd be curious to know that. So fifteen hundred games is my answer. I think if you can, if you can keep up. So when a client calls up and he has a zero and four day, tell him it's a small size. Yeah, yeah. And then there's people out there that there's people out there that are that feel like geniuses that are, you know, maybe. 65 wins and 30 losses, you can still do that, you know, quite a few times, even though that's pretty extreme. You can do that over over 100,000 picks. You're going to have a lot of runs like that. But the, more, the, but the more plays that you do, luck starts to get eliminated if you can hold that, that win rate. And then, and then if a guy can pick like 570 and 430 over 1,000, then you kind of wonder, okay, he's probably not expected to go 57%, but he probably is at least the 53% uh, against the number because that's pretty, that's that's a lot more one way than the other, if that makes sense. So it's a, it's a sliding scale always. It's a sliding scale to the edge, to how many, and to how many picks. It's a sliding scale to figure but out. But let's talk about the money management aspect. Let's talk about the money management aspect. If you're betting, if you're picking 53% winners over 1,500 games, you're still not even covering the VIG. So that you have yeah, you to are. be pressing games like you did last night. No, no, not yet. Like you on, the, on your story on the Portland game. I'm sorry. No, absolutely, you're covering. No, absolutely. That's basic math. 52.1 break even at minus 110. Right, so you're making a point nine percent, whatever nine point zero nine percent edge. Oh, that's a lot of units over fifteen hundred. Yeah, and it's at least, you know whatever. But it you is. make it's more money nice. also because you 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 variate your wagers. You're also not playing the same unit value in every game. Yeah, but I'm I'm not just blindly doing it. I'm 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 more market, basically like I'm doing it. When the market's telling me to do it, not when I'm sitting there with my head. It's a sliding scale again. Stronger plays to stronger market prices. That's a, that's the sliding scale for when you press. If that makes sense, you're not just going. Oh, I'm going to press this randomly. This has to be one of your stronger plays, and then 
the market has to be dealing you at that moment a better price than the other places. And then those are the ones that you press up. So let's say you have an average play. It's not that great. It's your third best out of five or six. But you have the absolute home run market price. You're going to go for it there. But let's say you have your top play that day. You don't have a good market price. You're not going to go for it there. So, so once again, it all comes down to a sliding scale of the, the overall market price to how good the play is. Which, which to me, I'm more into the market price because that's how you get your money in good. So, so my, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just weighing the how, how strong it is to the market price. And then you're supposed to press those ones up in theory because they're higher edge plays. And some of them can be 55, 56% edges just to the market price. If that makes sense. So, so now you, there's not even, there's no opinion needed there. You completely, you completely eliminate that. And then you just play that one and you max bet it. Yesterday I had multiple 60% expected value plays. I had one, I put 24 grand on it. Just blind, like okay, talking about the Portland game. Percent? No, no, it's something else. Okay, but I, but I, but I put twenty four thousand on it. It was just almost a mistake, you know. So I just said, okay, I have to go for it here. And then, I, and then, and you still could have lost. You didn't care. Yeah, it was a college game, some random college game, but it was basically I, I laid three, and it was six and a half. So it was like, and 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 I could get down, yeah, about a lot of money. So with that, you know, you're about sixty five percent to win. So on that one, you just have to just put as much as you can. Don't worry about losing because in the long run, it's those are printing money, but they're rare. I mean, maybe I'll find like one or two of those a day, you know, here in Colorado. Saturdays maybe like seven or eight. And you won't middle that three are, six. No, no, no. No, because the other line is the true number. Why would I surrender some of my equity? I want equity. I don't want to give it away. But, I mean, if I had an angle on the other side, sure. But if I'm paying market to go for the for the middle or the scalp, I'm just all I'm doing is saying, oh, here, someone else take part of my bet. I don't want all the equity. And I'm here, yeah, I'm here to get equity, not not pass on it. So, yeah, if that, if that answers the question... So but basically, yeah, from what I'm going to lay three on six and a half, and they're never going to lay. And then if you do do that, they'll they'll toss you. But here they don't even notice it. I think I'm convinced. You know. But so here's the funny part yeah. about everything you've said, Dave. I understand 99.9 percent. The average better, similar to what he said in the Spencer video, he goes. We we get it, the concept, but it's like talking a different language, which is even more reason to understand that you can't mimic you in terms of understanding value, knowing it's like basically you have to know the inner workings of a computer. You have to be able to shadow us. You have to be able to be disciplined. You have to be able to be open-minded. And it's the hardest part of this business for us, from my, from my standpoint, the hardest thing for me to overcome when I'm talking to a potential client is, is the client going to be coachable enough to drop his ego 
to basically say I should never wager my own opinion again and really have a guy like yourself who's an expert <laughs> and doing what you do. I mean, it's true. These guys, uh, the craziest part about what we do, Dave, is some people literally purchase information to get confirmation of their own opinion. They don't want help. They just want to be told what they think is right, right? So it's break. And at the end of the day, I keep telling them that it's as a mess. I mean, it's like everyone has a different agenda. The guy that calls in that's a blank sheet of paper and says, I watched the video. I understand it's hard work. I've been doing this for five years. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I don't have time to do it because I have a career and a family. How can I be at least 20% as successful as Dave, right? That, that's what here, they said. Here, here, here's the reality. Here's the reality of all of this. Nobody's beating widely available numbers at more than 2 or 3%. I, mm-hmm. I think 2%. So can you have a 2%? Is there many people that do have a 2% ad? Yes, there is. There's many, in fact. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the problem. You have to also, to get that higher than 2%, you need to, you need to help yourself. So multiple sports books, deposit bonuses, if the number is getting away, pass on it. I mean, there's so many things you need to do just to get that 2%. So that's why most people, they can't win. I have, I have successful models that I've obsessively, uh, I've obsessed over, okay, this and that, and, and, I, and I can get the 2%. But for me, it's higher because I'm doing all the other things right, too. But if you were to tell me this, okay, your model or all these like stale numbers in Colorado right now, you can only do one thing this season. I'm taking the stale numbers because this is 10% over and over for massive amounts of money. This is why, like, the, the, the better thing to do for everyone that's new is, yes, you just summed it up. Eliminate your opinion and look for more market value. Like, the guy that taught me, he goes, never bet your own opinion. But then he was, he was kind of extreme. I, you could just starting out. I realized going contrarian in some spots were good, and even if it was a break-even market price, I was like, "Yeah, but this one moved a lot." And then I just kind of developed my own, we'll call it models, uh, over the years. But he was he was one hundred percent. Don't bet your opinion. If you talked about your opinion, he'd go. That there's no edge in what you're saying. So I understood that. So it's so it's it was a blessing that he took me under his wing. So I was more. I was more, okay, the market price. Because like, if he took me under his wing with a bunch of opinions, I don't think I would have ever, I probably would have never made it. So to all the new people, the number one thing is, yeah, eliminate your own opinion. Yeah, that's that's good. Well, you know, it's inter- then, what, what's interesting, Dave, is, is you know, you're, you get so many DMs on Instagram. You have you have uh, staff that helps you monitor them. And, you you know, it's funny. A lot of people, like, listen to what you say. And this is for all the people out there that like to send DMs to Dave on Instagram. And, you know, literally you'll have a bad day. Like, I think Saturday was, like, fair. And you see these guys are, like, panicking on the DMs. And they're, they're not only – forget short, long sample size – you know, I'm getting killed, I'm getting smashed. I noticed that you keep saying on your Instagram story, guys, don't go crazy. Because you remember, there is an illusion, illusionary 
issue where they're seeing you press games like Portland last night, 30, 40, 50,000, and then it gets them all hot and bothered. Okay, can I it's stop like you? What can, I, I stop you? Like, can, can I stop you? Can I, hold go on, ahead. Can I stop you? Sharp market yes. indicators that I look at, which is all that matters, because you want the people to learn, right? Sharp market indicators, many of them, had plus two and a half more juice on, on that. I had three even money. I had three and a half. So I'm going, wow, I'm getting like three or four percent market on an NBA side. Unbelievable. Because the one company was taking a stand the other way. So had I not, had I, had I been, had I not seen sharp market indicators who don't back winners out, who had the plus two and a half more juice. So they're telling you multiple companies are telling you our surface guys in the world are on this side, and I had a better price than them, and I like the side anyway, yes, I'm going to press it up. But if sharp market indicators had it three and a half or four, and I only am staring at plus three, I'm never going to put one more dollar on that. So that's, that's kind of the difference of – that's kind of how I do it. It's a sliding scale with the market how strong it is. And my top play of the year, if I have a bad price on it, I'm not putting $1 on it. It could be my top play of the year. The market's telling me, no, you're, you're, you're not, this is not the spot. You need to swallow your pride and move on to the next spot. Does that make sense? So this is a pretty solid uh, podcast or radio show here. We, we should definitely, I don't know, let the listeners hear this. Right. But, so, yeah. so, so I like that. I like the pat. I like the passion coming through, but what I'm saying to you is we're giving out so much information more than just handicapping advice or who do you like in the football game, which we'll talk about to close out the show. But it's just ironic that if you have some losses, which is just part of the game, if you're 53%, you're going to lose 47% of the time. And you, you see on Instagram these guys get manic. Oh, man, I'm getting killed. What am I going to – like, that goes back to, for those listeners, they're not listening. It's all money management. Nobody cares if we lose. It sounds crazy to say that. You hear all these other handicappers talking about, I go 80%, I go 90%. That's an illusion. To be a pro, you got to win 53% of the time, like you said. And these guys are yeah. talking 80% in a real short sample size, five games, ten games. I'm 8-2 and two in my last ten, yeah, it means nothing. Yeah, means means absolutely nothing. And but, anything too wrong. Go ahead. But I also think that you have to realize not everybody comes with the resources initially out of the gate to even be able to bet correctly. Some guys, you know, they're, they're like you said, they're kids. They're you know what I call adult children over the age of eighteen, but don't really have adult money yet. They're still trying to establish their career, and they're working with an offshore account with a couple yeah, of keys in yeah, it, but, and then they want to act like David these, Miller. No, but these guys, you you guys said it earlier in the show, these guys have market respect. That's, that's, I'll call it market respect. Like, they, they clearly get that part, which I think if you get that part, you're, you're, you'll, you have a chance. They have market respect like you wouldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. Some of the stuff they were they were they were saying, but yeah, they respect the market. Like if you told these these younger guys, if you said, "Hey, um, you can't bet that because the going rate's this," they one thousand percent get that. 
But if you were to if you were to say that to somebody in their forties or fifties, they would just go, "Oh, well, I don't care. I like it." And then they would bet it anyway. And then they just remember the times that they were right. And they think, "Well, I know more than the market." Why did you have to? Why did you have to go the there with the? Why did you have to go there with the forties and fifties? That hurts, man. I'm going to be forty nine on Monday. They don't get. They don't get. They just don't care about what the market says. They don't. It's just the way the. Because nowadays everything, people are more educated in trading, and, and I think Bitcoin, I think all the cryptos, is is it has something to do with that. You know, all these guys have probably tried to arbitrage that stuff, and they they just get the market concept. That's just the way it is. Because when I was doing it, I got that in my early twenties, but I literally had a guy just telling me daily, because I would say something, "Oh, what do you think about this team?" He's like. Well, what is Beck, Chris, and Pinnacle? And he would talk to me like that, and I'm going, yeah, okay. Like, you know, he, he just kind of, Beck, Chris, and Pinnacle, Beck, Chris, and Pinnacle. He was like, okay, Beck, Chris, and Pinnacle. So I was just staring at it all day, Beck, Chris, and Pinnacle. And I got that concept because he drove it home just obsessively. So, you know, I was lucky to have this guy. But these guys figure all this stuff out on their own. They're just sharper. They, there's more information out there. They have other forms of trading like you said, that are similar to sports betting, and, and, and it's just a different world than twenty years or than seventeen, eighteen years ago, nineteen actually now. But you're also surrounded with a lot of your groups and your buddies that you watch the games with in your Instagram, in your multiple WhatsApp chats and whatever. A lot of these guys do their their quote unquote sharp, but they're also handicappers where they take a stand on a game they quote unquote like and aren't always concerned about the market. Not talking about or, you, or, but you're they're involved. Not, with they're other not people. one of my group. They're not in my group. Got it. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, if we're making a prop bet with each other, we don't. We do it for fun. Like he knew that the go, that the over under and punts was like four and a half, and he goes, "Okay, two. I'm like, "Okay, you really want to give me a nice tip? I'll take it." And then I took the worst of it on the Got second it. bet because I did four more when it was probably like two at that point, two and a half. But no, absolutely they care. And if they don't, the people that have bad habits, there's one thing in common: their their bets are always smaller, and they're they're not winning. People that have good habits. Bigger bets, bigger bigger wins. That this is the difference. This is the difference, my friend. So that's the that's today's lesson: market respect. Right. That'll be the. So let's let's talk on. about uh, what let's talk about. We got five minutes left. Let's talk about this uh, key number of seven that's not moving. What, what's your take on this? Does it go to six and a half, seven and a half, or closes at seven? It's probably closes at seven. It seems it seems like it's pretty two sided. I think, and then people want the Cinderella team, so that there's that. But people also love the Chiefs. I don't know. Both games, I feel close. Do you buy into Do you buy into the whole Bengals beat them before nonsense, or that's does it's random? No, it means nothing. Nothing it means nothing. Revenge doesn't matter. Revenge matters with call with small college basketball schools, though. I'm learning that, <laughs> but not in pro sports. Revenge doesn't matter, in my opinion. Got I could it. be wrong. I mean, I haven't tested 2,000 games within revenge situations, so I'm kind of just saying what I think. But revenge doesn't matter here, not at all. 
Whenever and whenever you want to go to a Towson basketball game, let me know. Me and Mike will take you. The school's five minutes from our office. Yeah, revenge matters there. That that's that's a revenge type of school. <laughs> oh, you guys I had to stick that in there. You guys are always on or against them. You guys are going. I drive by it. I don't walk in. Nah, nah. But, it, but it's funny how they went. They went from a known. They went from a no name. Uh, they went from a no name to being being like one of the top teams against the spread in, that the whole world knows about them now. It's kind of funny. Small little school well, here can, in Baltimore County. Yeah, you can still you can still. I don't know. You should go watch some of the games. Live a little. You, or you just only go to pro games. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and what do you think about this Rams uh, San Francisco game? Do you think? Uh, What's your take on that? Does it go to back down to three, or does it stay at three and a half? I don't think so. Three and a half. I think it stays at three and a half. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, like excited. I said, you know, this is uh, we're going to try to educate the listeners each and every week a little bit of a different format since Brian is no longer with us. We're unfortunately sad that, Brian, you know, we're happy for you that you cashed on Kansas City. It would have been nice if the Bills made it just for Brian alone. It didn't happen, and uh, we'll move on to next week. But next time we're talking, we'll be talking about who's going to be in the Super Bowl next Wednesday as uh, these games will be completed this Sunday, January 30th. Yeah, that works. Definitely, yeah. I'm going to talk about sample size today. And we, we did. We covered that a little Perfect. bit. But an actual video. Of kind of the same stuff I just said. And for all you listeners, follow Dave at Vegas Ringers on Instagram. That's his best way to reach out. And again, you can watch him on the Stairmaster a little later, huffing and puffing. This is the last. We're closing out the show, and uh, I guess we'll meet back here tomorrow. We'll talk about the uh, props and the Super Bowl uh, contenders next week. Yeah, and if you guys have good ideas, run them by me. <laughs> all right, talk to you guys later. You got it. I'll talk to you next Wednesday, brother. Have a good one. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free.